You are listening to Episode 59 of Stoicism on Fire. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Fisher, welcoming you to the Stoicism on Fire podcast, where the ancient practice of Stoic philosophy as a way of life and rational form of spirituality is still alive. You can always win if you only enter competitions where winning is up to you. When you see someone honored ahead of you, or holding great power, or being highly esteemed in another way, be careful never to be carried away by the impression and judge the person to be happy. For if the essence of goodness consists in things that are up to us, there is room for neither envy nor jealousy, and you yourself will not want to be a praetor or senator or a council, but to be free. The only way to achieve this is by despising the things that are not up to us. In Chiridion 19. If anyone thought that jealousy and envy of others is a modern phenomenon, Epictetus makes it clear in this passage that these destructive emotions are not new. Of course, they are exacerbated by modern technologies which provide a constant stream of social media posts with people showing off expensive clothes, jewelry, cars, houses, vacations, announcing their promotions, and displaying their bodies for the world to see. I think it's fair to say that social media turned keeping up with the Joneses into keeping up with the Kardashians. Now, most modern societies teach us that externals are associated with happiness. Indeed, we are inclined to think the lives of these rich, famous, beautiful people must be filled with happiness. The Stoics, however, make it clear that possessions of these externals do not ensure happiness. We don't need to rely on the Stoic conception of happiness to destroy this myth. Hollywood provides us with a constant stream of tragic stories of the lives of the rich and famous. Sadly, most people spend their lives chasing happiness in things that are not up to us. While the acquisition of externals almost always does provide an immediate feeling of happiness, it is always short-lived, because this form of happiness is not the state of well-being offered by Stoicism. In this chapter of Enchiridion, Epictetus offers us another serving of his consistent message, which is, if we focus our attention on those things that are up to us, our faculties of judgment, motivation, desire, and aversion, we will avoid the pathological emotions that cripple the masses of people, and we will make progress toward true well-being. Like I've said before, understanding this distinction between what is up to us and what is not up to us is quite simple. However, putting that understanding into practice consistently is extremely difficult. To make progress toward a virtuous character and its accompanying well-being, we must keep our attention exclusively on what is up to us, our faculties of judgment, motivation, desire, and aversion, and despise everything else. This is the crux of Stoic practice. Does that mean that we should despise our spouses, children, jobs, communities, body, etc., since they all fall into the categories of externals that are not up to us? 
Certainly not. It means we must despise our judgment of those externals as something good, because none of those externals will bring us the well-being we seek. We cannot remove externals from our lives. Even if we were to remove ourselves from the jealousy and envy of others by moving to a deserted island without any channel of communication with others, we would still encounter externals, like weather, animals, snakes, bugs, hunger, thirst, etc. We cannot escape externals, and we should not try. Externals provide us with the grist for the mill that develops our character. What would wisdom, moderation, courage, and justice mean apart from externals? So what should we do when we're faced with the impression of someone we know who has a possession commonly judged as good, especially when we may be inclined to think that they don't really deserve it or they didn't really earn it? What should we do when someone gets the promotion instead of us and we believe that they are less worthy? Well, before jealousy and envy take hold of our psyche, we need to perform that three-step process on those impressions, the one that I highlighted in episodes 9 and 37, which is stop it, strip it bare, and see it from a cosmic perspective. If you don't recall the details of that process, I highly recommend you go back and listen to episodes 9 and 37 again. Additionally, Regarding jealousy and envy of others who possess externals or receive honors that we might be inclined to desire, we have to keep the lesson of Enchiridion 17 in mind. It is not up to us to determine the role assigned to us or to others. Maybe the cosmos gave that beautiful person that role to play. That's their role. It's not yours. Perhaps the cosmos assigned the role of a wealthy person to that billionaire. Again, That's their role, not yours. Maybe the cosmos intended that person to hold a position of honor, power, and prestige in your company, community, or nation. That's their role, not yours. Remember what Marcus wrote. Perhaps you are discontented with what is allotted to you from the whole. Then call to mind the alternative, either Providence or Adams, and all the proofs that the universe should be regarded as a kind of constitutional state. Meditations 4.3. Likewise, remember what we learned in Enchiridion 15. If the cosmos brings wealth, power, fame, prestige to you, reach out and take a portion. However, don't allow your appetite, your desire for those externals to run ahead. And don't attempt to stop the server if he passes by you. Remember that delicious looking chocolate cake from the lesson on Enchiridion 15? Well, in this lesson, Epictetus is taking it a step further. He is instructing us not to be jealous or envious of the person who does get a piece of that delicious-looking chocolate cake. Enchiridion 19 reminds me of a story told by the late Stephen Covey. I remember hearing this in the late 1990s. He told the story about how most people try to climb the ladder of success, one rung at a time, only to get to the top and realize It's the wrong ladder. You see, we make a grave mistake when we associate possessions of externals of any kind with happiness. The Stoics are quite clear that true well-being can only be found in what is up to us. And the only thing that is up to us, entirely up to us, is the development of our moral character. 
And the only way to be truly free from the pathology of destructive emotions is to despise our judgments of externals as goods and focus our attention on our faculties of judgment, motivation, desire, and aversion. Then we will be climbing the ladder of moral excellence toward true freedom and well-being. Thank you for listening to Stoicism on Fire. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That tells others that this podcast is worth listening to and helps introduce more people to the ancient spiritual practices of the Stoics. If you're interested in exploring traditional Stoicism further, you will find plenty of resources at traditionalstoicism.com. If you're ready for an online mentored training program, check out the College of Stoic Philosophers at collegeofstoicphilosophers.org. That is where I received my initial education and training in the theory and practice of Stoicism. If you're interested in a social media environment where you can find some like-minded fellow travelers, join us on Facebook in the Traditional Stoicism group. If you have feedback for me or a great podcast idea, send me an email at chris at traditionalstoicism.com. Until next time, I hope you will continue practicing the traditional form of Stoicism where the cosmos is alive with the meaning and purpose of the divine creative fire of the ancient Stoics. I wish you well and encourage you to keep your practice of Stoicism on fire.